Welcome to the Reroll Gaming Podcast, where I, Tanner Prentice, guide five of my closest friends through an original adventure playing the tabletop role-playing game Pathfinder 2nd Edition. In the world of Rell, five strangers brought together a resistance under the shadow of the Blackreach Empire. Until everything changed. A villain and former lover named Hogoth fractured the planes of existence, ushering in an endless night and an era of undeath. All in the name of an undying dragon, Zarox. Now, the fate of Rel is left to these five adventurers. My name is Ayla, and I play Bo Cantrell, a fallen Asimar and cleric, with Cosmios, the god of fate, as my deity. Hi, my name is Zane, and I play Cinder Lafayette, the halfling investigator with a dicey past. My name is Octavia and I play Starlet Moonbow. Star, as she's better known by her companions, is on a mission to save her true love, Faya, from the Maiden of Spiders. Hi, my name is Latara, and I play Kiarin Nimone the Sadistic, the Dolel champion of Emin, who yearns for that redemption that is so far out of her reach. I'm Brendan Geyer. And I am Frost your new favorite kobold barbarian. Honor-bound to protect and serve Grat's party. And oath-bound to finish its mission. These five heroes are the last best hope to save Rel. But can they overcome this darkness that spreads under the shattered sky? Find out now on the Reroll Gaming Podcast. Welcome back. Shut up. Welcome back. You shut up too. (laughs) Welcome back to the Reroll Gaming Podcast. This week, we're exploring dreams. So I want to know, what is a weird or reoccurring dream that you guys have had? I have one. I haven't had it in like a few years now, but um, it, it kind of does that every few years. It'll pop back up. Um, but generally, there's like these really big like blue pools like in the center of these um, very tall kind of like. Uh, I don't really know how to describe them. They're just like really tall buildings that are. More like. They have, like, big white pillars. It's all made of white stone, except for the really blue pools. Um, And they're, for lack of better words, almost, like, in an apartment style. But they're, like, really this, like, Greek or something looking like a... Monuments? I don't know. It's very, very strange. But uh, really cool. Very pretty. Um... And I usually just end up walking around there and people pop up here and there, but it's not something I have a lot of like super good memories of like how the dream goes. I just remember that and it does happen. And I've had that dream like maybe five or six times over the course of my life. Um, Yeah, no water. I walk through the hallways of like the bottoms of everything because it's like the building or the apartment style stuff doesn't start for a good like. 20 or 30 feet up other than that it's just kind of like these really tall white pillars holding up everything and then uh it just kind of 
a weird dream. Like I I know I've been just outside of it too, and there was like this really tall green hill um with almost like power lines running around it. It's it's kind of like walking through like the BPA trail for anyone that lives in that area. Um but it's I don't know, just weird. Very, very interesting. And I can I look down on it and I see it and it's almost like a stadium of sorts. Um but it's it's just a really weird dream. Uh it's never scary though. I mean, most of the time it's pretty calming. Just a place I've been before, I guess. That's cool. in Yeah, that's life. a really cool <laughs> reoccurring really cool. dream. My yeah. only one I can think of off the top of my head is literally just forgetting my school schedule and then just being like, fuck, I have to go get my schedule from the office. And then it's because it's super stressful and I don't know where the fuck I I'm going. I constantly yeah, have dreams that I'm like 30, like back in high school. And I, I know. And I'm like, God damn it. Yeah. Cause it's like I'm, I'm way past that. I don't need to be doing this anymore. <laughs> I just get um, that. Oh, go ahead, Brent. I just get that really irritating one where like every time that you turn around to look behind you, you're in a different place than you were just standing. And then like, you're like, oh, I guess I'm here now. And then you turn around to look where you were just looking and be like, I wonder if that changed too. And then it is, but it's also a different place than where you just turned around into the new place. So like <laughs> you can just fucking sit there and pretty much turn around and <laughs> like, it's like just a dog chasing his tail through time and space. I seriously, uh, and I think I think that the point, if I ever like if my character or whatever in the dream gets to the point where they realize that uh, they just realize that the whole fucking point is that you can't control anything about your life. I, was I think say, maybe like, that's what my brain is trying to tell me. I don't know. Right. Well, at some point, if we ever get big enough where we have like some really accomplished psychologist listening to this episode, they're going to just like ruin all of us right. or yeah, fix all of I us. Can't I don't wait. know. <laughs> There's no fixing me. Yeah. Um, I have this recurring like thematic thing in dreams where like I will and usually it's like an assortment of like my friends usually like a lot of you guys are there but like we'll just be like exploring this house that like I have either owned or lived in for a really long time and then find like whole new like wings of the house that I didn't even know existed or all new like another whole house that's like attached to the house that I live in it's super weird it's always like a really weird feeling after I wake up to for like the whole day it's like really unsettling hmm uh I've had a few reoccurring dreams, but I won't bore you with the work one. Uh, one of mine is like I have some sort of superpower, often like flying or invisibility, and I'm trying to run away from some bad guys or hide from them, and I'm trying to use my superpower to do it, but it's like being in that stressful situation, I can't do it because I have to focus really hard on it, so it's like my power is going in and out. In <laughs> That's basically the whole dream. I haven't had it in a long time, but I did have it a variation just a couple days ago, and I was kind of surprised. Instead of running from bad guys, I was, I've been watching Doctor Who again. Nerd. And I was the doctor's <laughs> companion. And oh. a spaceship blew up in front of us, and he was chasing a bad guy, but I had to help the people that fell into the water beneath us. So I teleported <laughs> down there because I had teleportation in this dream. Of course. And I was, like, trying to, like, grab onto people and teleport them out, but it was too hard to do because I was also trying to, like, swim and grab lots of people, and it was, like, just uh, trying to focus on saving the people was hard. 
I've had the flying one before where you can fly for like a minute at the beginning yeah. of the dream, but yeah. then it starts waning and then you're like, you're jumping really yeah, high. Yeah, it's like you're you jumping and then yeah. throughout it. And you're like, like, you can't focus. Weird. <laughs> it's to so like, frustrating. You're like, and you're like yeah. trying yeah. to fly. I actually had some of that, like really similar to that recently. I was like fighting some dudes or something. And then I realized like, wow, there's that, like they just got more friends coming out of the alleys and shit. I was like, oh, wait, I can fly. And I was like, hell yeah. And I took off and I just like was like, fuck you guys. And like, as I looked down at him, I stopped being able to fly. I was like, oh, shit, I fell down and broke my legs. And I was like, <laughs> <laughs> that was the body of the dream. I, I used to have a recurring dream when I was young and I haven't had it in a long time, but it was. To be fair, you haven't been young in a long time either. That's true. Ow. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> it's my house that I'm living in when I was a kid has a moat around it and i left the gate down for the moat and a group of lions have come into the house but now i'm stuck behind a couch you know how couches have that angle uh on yeah. their back so i'm stuck in like the crevice between the wall and the couch and on both <laughs> sides of the couch are lions trying to get at me and i'm just so specific <laughs> I have. I oh no, time, we can't jump but... over this couch. <laughs> <laughs> I do yeah. have like um ferry boat sinking dreams quite That's often. That's classic. Yes. Yeah. Speaking of dreams, we are going to cut to a dream with Starlit Moonbow. In fact, what we see takes place a little while after where we left. Two Kitsune face each other cross-legged in an almost meditative pose behind them an infinite sea of stars and space they converse for a while share bits of knowledge back and forth but eventually the orange-furred kitsune miasmar says we do not have much time remaining, Moonbow. Do you understand what I have told you? Yes, I... I think I've got most of it anyway. We'll have to ponder it some more, but... Yes, for now, I think I understand. Good. I will return when I can, and you hear this roar come out in the distance, a familiar war from the horrifying beast that plagues this realm. But for now, I must leave you. Trust your instincts and find balance. And as he says that, he straightens his leg and floats to you. And with his front two fingers stretched out, he touches your forehead and your memory flashes with waves of knowledge knowledge that isn't yours and some of it isn't even his it's like a almost a collective of all of those who have come before him serving as protector of this realm you see planes of fire water air earth you see the veil you see the heavens the hells flashes of everything like something that you can almost recall mechanically speaking 
your lore fey skill is going to morph into a lore plane skill, allows, allowing you to use that skill to identify all sorts of different knowledge about any plane of existence. Hell yeah. And with that, your eyes open. And you're back in the Dark Iron Inn. The smell of breakfast, sizzling meats, waft from beneath you. In fact, who is cooking breakfast? Bo. I think Frost would help. Bo has a kiss the cook. Bo and Frost? Really kiss the cook um, apron. <laughs> <laughs> a new day in bronze hammer begins i know you guys had a couple more things we wanted to kind of do in broader strokes around the city um first of all Bo, why don't we actually roll your crafting check for some potions you are attempting okay I completely forget how to do it, so you're just telling me. I got you. Just roll a crafting check. Okay. And really quick, remind me, you are crafting potions of disguise. Were you going for the greater one? Uh, I had uh, I had a plan, and I didn't write it down. Um, I think that, because what are the difference between the... The lesser and the moderate, rather. Uh, the... Moderate oh, yeah, it's the size. I forgot, yeah. Right. Um, so I thought they would make one better one for Frost since he can't, if he wouldn't be able to, like, get taller. So he'd just be, if you changed shape, he would just be, like, a very small, whatever, human or whatever. So that might not right. make sense. So maybe he would get... We bought the greater one? Recipe? You bought the greater one? Yeah. Okay, so we'll just do them all greater then, because I think oh, that okay. is going to be I figured it would be one recipe for the same No, type. different recipes. Okay. So why don't you go ahead and give me a crafting check? I think we already took the money out. Yeah, for four batches. For four batches. Okay, so give me a crafting check. So that means it's going to take you four days to make all this, if you succeed at every check. Um, okay. Is that something? Never mind. I don't think I. Never mind. I also wanted to make healing potions. I don't know if there's time, though, to do that. You can also, because you have bought that walking cauldron, which, by the way, I have to highlight is everywhere you go, this stumbling cauldron that weighs <laughs> maybe 40 pounds walking on its own feet with no memory or consciousness other than follow. Just is stumbling its way through the city. I mean, also, absolutely cannot wait for this weird circumstantial thing in which that cauldron comes up and just breaks like one of your encounters. Or yeah, <laughs> use it to like, yeah, to put it on the dragon's head so it can't see or something. Yeah, and like just all the bad guys are gonna stuff. see it walk up yeah. and be like, "Oh, can I pet it?" <laughs> We're just really gonna test the boundaries of what this thing's actually capable of. Everywhere yeah. it walks, it's like, dun, 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 dun. yeah, exactly. That's what I was thinking. Also, Frost, you can ride in it. I give you permission. Hell yeah. <laughs> I imagine uh, if we needed to move fast, though, we could put it in the back of the right? Yeah. Uh, I'd imagine it probably <laughs> is only doing a lot of following around when it's actually being actively used to brew stuff. Yeah, I mean, you probably actually leave it in your room with all your gear and stuff. I doubt you're 
traveling the city with backpacks full of bedrolls and camp supplies. Uh, I mean, if I'm traveling, then I bring the bag. That's true. Yeah, I was going to say, like, we were walking around yesterday with 7,000 gold. I don't know if we have a bag other than the bag of holding that we could put that. So I like to think that it was just <laughs> this walking cauldron walking around with, like, seven grand yeah. in it yesterday. And then today, everybody sees it walking around empty. Yeah. Like, oof. Um, <laughs> there is a limit to your bag of holding. I hope you guys know that. You only have a type one, so it can carry 25 bulk. Oh, okay. Is that, like, 25 pounds? No, it's it's definitely a lot more than that. Yeah, I've never been clear on what bulk means exactly. I think a well, longsword is like two bulk. Yeah. Or a, an axe or something. I think two-handed weapons are often two bulk, yeah. Yeah, I think most things are like one bulk for items that aren't particularly heavy. A suit of armor that's carried is usually one bulk. Uh, an armor's bulk is increased if it's off of it. Yeah, whatever. We'll worry about that another time. But. I think like, can I pick up this, pick, this uh, fig leaf? Like this, this little tiny, you're like, yeah, one bulk. That oh, would be shit. actually the light bulk. That would be negligible. <laughs> yeah, there's things don't that don't come count at me, as bulk. Like 25 yeah. little fig leaves in <laughs> bag holding. It's funny bulk. because I'm sure this bulk system was put in place to stop people like arguing over specific like pound requirements or like weights, but I think it just kind of maybe could also make things worse in some like aspects. It's not something we've really worried about in our games. Yeah, and we don't have a ton of stuff in the bag folding unless you're counting gold. We should have put the bulk rolls into Delta Green so we could fight over it when we were trying to carry a body. I think we do (laughs) enough fighting. (laughs) Uh, Also, don't forget we have two vials while you're doing these crafting checks that we don't know what they are. That's right. Oh, yeah. So, um, sorry, how long did you say it was going to take? Well, let's do the first day. So go ahead and give me a crafting check. 24. You just succeed. Oh, boy. Four. These are strong potions. It's difficult to make them. You make four potions of moderate disguise self. Wow. Or a potion of disguise moderate, rather. And to be clear, we're making these specifically to disguise as Dole L. So Kiaren's probably there with you giving you blood and stuff. Yeah, yeah. actually she has <laughs> to give you blood, hair, and flesh. Every time so at Bo- the end of these days, yeah. you're going to be hurting Kieran. Every time Bo does it, he's like, sorry, and he has to prick your finger. Sorry, he has to prick your finger again. <laughs> Kiaren's like, good. I've had worse. Cut back to that really intense scene of like Kieran basically being tortured by her family (laughs) okay um is there anything else anybody would like to do before we get ready for the next step of our adventure yes dar also wants to find a time to chat with Bo. but if you want to go first uh frast please do no go for it i'll do a and meanwhile after after your thing I mean, I think ours would be a better one to close out the day, for sure. Okay. Um, yeah, what Frost wants to do, Frost is going to go hang near the vault door entrance to the city. And I think that as scouting parties go in and out, if such thing is happening at all, I don't know if all the scouts live outside the door or not, but... um. He's going to uh, wait for one that appears to be going uphill from the door, up the mountain that this uh, this city is built in. 
I think you actually have quite a measure of success here. I think Benric Ironhands is one of the first dwarves that is leaving the city after last night's feast for your honor and, you know, the rescue of his nephew. He walks up and he's accompanied... Well, actually, no, it's just him. Um, and he's dressed in his furs and is carrying a pack of supplies out. He looks at you and he says, no, I have to remember his voice. <laughs> Frost? Is that you? What are you doing? Ah, uh, Hendrik, I was, um... I was hoping to run there and do a scout party. Or a scout. And, uh... I'd like to go up this mountain. I have a couple of days while our healer is, um... making some supplies for our journey. And I'd like to see if I can get a good vantage point on the world around us. Those dead seem to make a hell of a mark. Should be easy to spot. All right. Uh, well, the king will have my head if I let uh, one of the heroes of the mountain perish. I'll accompany you, me and my first ranger. Are you prepared to uh, stay out overnight, if need be? Hey, we can take some some supplies. Easy. Come with me. We'll get ready. It'll take us an hour. Thank you, sir. I imagine that's probably a characteristic of the rangers and stuff, too, is they're kind of ready to go and do whatever they need to at, like, the drop of a hat. Yeah, and you yeah. kind of touched upon it here inadvertently there, uh, Frost, is while the Outriders don't live up there, they will spend days or weeks up there in Old Town, in wherever, and they are always ready to go. They are living minimalistically. Of course, they have homes in the city, but oftentimes it'll be a while before they see them. Okay. Hell yeah. And they're processing good company then. Okay. Um, why don't you... Do you have a survival skill, Frost? Yes. Uh, where do, are you trained? Are you expert? Are you master? I am trained. Okay, why don't you give me a survival roll? That'd be a 22. Okay. So I think you do spend a few days out here, maybe a night or two, accompanying these outriders, and it is hard to keep up with them. I think Alexia Stonekin, of course, has an air of expertise about her, but I think you are very surprised at how silently this boisterous um, Benric Iron Hands can move. When he is in nature, it's like he melds into it himself, gliding effortlessly through the snow, delicately able to, even in the barest of environments, find edible fl uh, uh, flora, or even hunt small game. Where would you like to go? What are you looking for? I'm just looking to get, like I said, just kind of as far up the mountain as I can. I want to, uh, just take a quick note of, like, I guess how the world is moving at the moment. I'm sure that if the undead are hitting another city, I might see smoke, or if anything's changing with that exploded mountain, I might see that. Okay. I'm just kind of trying to take it in, especially knowing that he's about to go underground for who knows how long. You eventually get up to Ungvol Hill. 
the slopes that are incredibly steep. In fact, you know, you might know of this, and if you don't, Benric tells you this is the spot where King Ungvil Shattershield earned the name Giant Slayer in a violent battle with the Frozen Prince's legions before the sc- shattering of the sky, before any of that, where he stood alone with but a handful of legionnaires, including his brother, to protect some diplomat that had gotten way in over his head. It turned into a massacre, ending in the death of Shattershield's brother, and really the start of his legend. And of course, this became known as the Ungvul uh, Hills. And you climb up and climb up, and eventually you get to quite a high peak, probably the highest you can get without some serious mountain climbing. And looking out over, you can scan to Kind of interestingly, within about a quarter mile of this really thin ledge, you can see both the southern and northern peaks. To the south, oh, cool. you see grave rot. But it is not how you left it. Black smoke from charred fires, collapsed buildings, and something you can't quite place but something dark is left there do you have any lore skills i know kieran has lore you have lore warfare perfect so go ahead and roll me a lore warfare the dark presence left behind is the future development site for a walmart super center (laughs) paving it Burying the whole thing in asphalt. It's actually going to be, yeah, it's going to be a parking lot for a Walmart. <laughs> Somehow more evil than Fort Graver. <laughs> <laughs> the actual Walmart's located where, um, where, uh, Godfrey's watch used to be. That's right. Uh, that's another 22. Um, 22. Lower okay. You get the sense that the scene of Grave Rot is a message. It is raised. It is scorched earth. Whatever was here, whatever was happening, it has been moved. There you will likely no longer find a priestess, no longer find orcs, and only find the dead. If that. I mean, I'm sure Bronzehammer will be happy to know that they don't have a bunch of evil, like, necromancer people and orcs camping out on their doorstep anymore, at the very least. Yeah, I think maybe, or maybe they'll be like, "Well, fuck, where did they go? (laughs) Are they refugees now, headed towards? (laughs) Can we knock on the door? Can we go in, please, please?" (laughs) Uh, Yeah, I think Frost is gonna see that and just say, "That party. I've never seen anything that can make a mark quite like them. Not with so few." I don't understand. Why? Why burn it down? Why destroy what you have built? You had a foothold. From what I've gathered, Frostnuckle did not do this. His oath to the undead was his undoing. And Alexia speaks up and she says, We have to move quickly. That dragon can see us very easily. If it's hunting, come. 
and you move on over to the other side to glance to the north. And it is difficult to see because, of course, the shattered sky makes it perpetually dark, but there are lights along the way that kind of paint your distant vision. Flames, maybe faint torch lights or burning fires or anything of the sort. And you see in the distance where the snow and the mountain turns to pines and far past the rolling pine trees of what you know to be Rothjen Forest lies Grimholt. A city that looks to be burning. Oof. Looks like, uh, whatever changed the sky it's unleashed a terrible evil on this world. I will have to report to Volka about Grimholt, but those Hilland dwarves are just as stubborn and tough as we are. I'm sure they're fighting. If anyone is, I agree. We should return, head back towards the city. It'll take us another day. And I don't like being exposed up here. The feeling's mutual. I'm not excited to go underground, but uh I will feel safer down there. Hi, let's go. Is anybody else doing anything in the city before we move on? Uh Kiaran after helping Bo get his crafting going, uh, will be like I want to go see Shaq. Invite him to come along with us when we go. And start heading that way, assuming Bo's staying. But Bo's getting prepared for the next batch that he wants to do. Okay. okay. She'll kind of nod and make her way to visit Shaq. Returning to Old Town, Kiaran, you enter this cold, frozen abandoned town and quickly find Shaq. Shaq is actually making himself useful setting up a ballista. Sure. Or at least lifting the heavy parts for the people who know what they're doing. He's sitting in the middle of a scattered assortment of parts of a ballista looking at an upside down Ikea instructional. <laughs> Shaq no understand why you don't just pick this up and shoot. As he effort effortlessly picks up the siege machine and aims it. Kieran kind of laughs coming up hearing that, and she's like, not everyone is as strong as you are, Shaq. Don't Shaq know it. <laughs> Accidentally fires a bolt into the nearby building, collapsing a good uh, wall on the top floor. He's like, go! It's okay. Shaq found it like that. <laughs> no one saw. The dwarves around seem a little too intimidated to say anything, so they just ignore it. How are you doing up here? Are they treating you well? Yes. Shaq love dwarf ale. <laughs> it has uh, got a nice kick to it. Why? Made any friends? Uh... Shaq not super mingly, though Stonekin, the 
short dwarf left with lizard. Shack like Stonekin. Glad to hear it. Uh, we were offered a trade with the dwarves. We helped them with a problem they have, and they would let us into the subterranea. We plan on moving down back to my old home. It's quite dangerous, but Star has a friend that needs help there. Is that something you're interested in, or have you made a place here? Hmm. Shaq very happy Kiaran returned to home. But Mountain Shaq home. Shaq does not want to leave. Shaq does not want to be here, neither. Shaq guard prisoners for long time. But Shaq think that Shaq does what Shaq want now. That seems good to hear. Do you have family? Shaq does not understand. Loved ones. People you care about? Shaq does not think so. Shaq guard prisoners. <laughs> Perhaps. Well, what is it Shaq that you want to do? Shaq not understand the complexities of love. <laughs> <laughs> People that make you feel good. Happy. He kind of looks around and looks at these dwarves trying to assemble this ballista and ponders for a moment. Shaq happy. Hmm. Shaq will find out. Too much thinking hurt Shaq head. Hmm. Well, I hope you find something that makes you happy, Shaq. Shaq hopes you return home safely. It has been a pleasure getting to know you. I will miss you. Shaq miss you too. Before I go, I did want to give you this, and she's going to pull out the Rhyme of the Redeemer and hand it to Shaq. Shaq does not know how to read, but Shaq could probably figure it out. I'm sure you are very smart. And if you do make some friends along the way, maybe they can read it for you. Maybe Shaq pretend to know what it says as he's thumbing through the book. There's some pictures in there. Ooh, yes. Say maybe, maybe Shaq doesn't understand the concept of reading either, so he thinks people just kind of stare at these like weird paper-bound mm. things for extended <laughs> periods of time, and it makes him smarter. Well, this is like a, I believe, Staring a child. really hard at it. Yeah. It was written for children, so I'm sure there's pictures <laughs> in there. Why do you think the rhyme of the Redeemer is written for children? Because it's we a had rhyme? A, we had a whole discussion, and Bo said it was silly that that's what the guy was giving me. Oh, yeah, sure. <laughs> <laughs> They're like children's rhymes or something. Shaq has the intelligence of an eight-year-old. Uh, one more year than a crow. Ka-ka, <laughs> motherfucker. <laughs> and a German shepherd. <laughs> She'll tell him, though, uh, we may be parting ways, hopefully, for now. We may meet again, but Emin can stay with both of us. Connect us. 
Shaq would like that. She's and gonna... not entirely understanding the concept of a hug, he grabs you. I was going to say, she's going to give him a hug. <laughs> oh. I underst- Shaq understand grappling show of affection. <laughs> so when used a certain like way. You. <laughs> Suplexes you. God! <laughs> That is how much I enjoy your companionship. <laughs> He's going for the chair! Then <laughs> she'll say goodbye and make her way back. Okay. All right. Anything else? <laughs> Cinder? Um, I think among just kind of conferring with her associates within the trading with the Iron Door and Trading Company and maybe other people too she's just kind of like hand, trying to handle the logistics and greasing the wheels of getting this expedition underway but at that one point too she wants to go kind of say goodbye to Volca okay so yeah I'm sure she's approaching the door of his what would you call it for a sorcerer or wizard his tower office. no he's got his, a tower. his his office tower his corner he's got office. A little turret. in fact you it's help yourself tower. in yeah mm. you help yourself in and I think to the extent of your relationship to Volca, all the bells and whistles of a magical tower and its invisible unseen servants is kind of lost on you as you make your way to his study. And where most of this tower is fantastical and magical and self-cleaning and spawns food and wine at your... at simply your whim, his study is much more grounded. It is filled head to toe with scrolls and books that are open to specific pages and stacked chaotically. You walk in and he's, <clears throat> oh, Cinder, yes. Um, I was not expecting you. She kind of sighs and just says, well, our last conversation didn't exactly end on fantastic terms, but I understand things are different now. I would like to have had that aid that you promised me to get myself to Grimholt, but I'd be an idiot if I said that I understood, or that I didn't understood why you can't do that. So I just want to put that behind me and tell you goodbye. I find it, and she kind of looks around the room, maybe just paranoid. Look, make sure nobody else is listening to their conversation, even though she knows it. She says, I find it very unlikely that I'll be returning to Bronze Hammer. And so the winds of change carry us all, young Lafayette. I know, uh, arrangement has been troublesome at times and difficult. But I admire you, Cinder. You are the best at what you do. Whenever you, well, if ever you settle, and if ever the world calms enough for such a thing, I hope you write me. You stood up for me in a time which nobody else would, and I will, Volca, be 
forever grateful for that. And if I may leave you with one piece of advice. The winds of change, as it were, sweep harshly across this city. Watch your back. There is something foul in the air. I feel it too, my young friend. And stay safe. Subterranea is a place of violence and evil. You stay safe as well. And she gives him a handshake and takes one last look around his office and heads back to the Dark Iron Inn. Okay. Uh, I don't know when Star's wanting to do her thing, but Kieran does want to broach a subject when we sit down for dinner. I mean, I think it would just think- be any time that Star and Bo have some time together where there's really no one else hanging out in the house. I would imagine Bo's, you're probably working out of, like, the kitchen back behind the bar doing all the potion stuff, right? Yeah. Yeah. I like to think, think he um, has, like, potion glasses, too. Like, he's... Right. Yeah. Cool. The goggles. Goggles, yeah. Yeah. Well, and there's um, one of the large, intimidating dwarves that was kind of mean-mugging you during that first interaction in the Dark Iron, and I think he's probably warmed up a lot, too, and he's introduced himself. He was the guy behind the bar. He's introduced himself as Bronin, and he's probably helping you among, like, cooking and stuff and preparing food for the people that kind of come in and out of the inn. Uh, he's also probably, like inquisitively helping you brew your potions too he also has a kiss the cook apron nice um yeah there's tension for sure because only one can exist only one cook (laughs) can can have the kiss yeah (laughs) (laughs) um Bo's always enjoys teaching so he's probably trying you know to to show and teach while he's doing it might as well he's already doing it anyway Okay, and Maybe I think yeah, this... like he's teaching me stuff about cooking, and I'm teaching him stuff about potions or something. And at this point, you guys gather together for dinner. Well, did Star want to get in there while the rest of us were out? Uh, no, because I think it's something we'll actually have to sit down and do. So it might be better for just before bed. Now that I'm okay. thinking about it, so we'll we'll do it to sort of end the day. Uh. So as we're sitting down to dinner, Karen will kind of turn to, like, Bo and Star and be like, I feel like, as I mentioned before, that everything's been in such a rush. We haven't truly had a time to sit and mourn our friend. I don't know about YouTube, but I've been crying a lot. (laughs) (laughs) I think Star will, um... Yes, well... Truly, I don't know that Groth would want us to linger too long on his death. I think he would want us to move on and be strong. And not that we can't talk about it, because I very much would like to, but... I don't know. I think we've had a lot of time to dwell on it, and, uh... Frankly, I'm more angry than anything. I'd rather keep him in my heart and... Get mine, I suppose. I understand. The world has changed too. I, I'm not convinced he's completely gone. I, I mean, he disappeared 
vanished, but I don't know that that means death here in this with this situation, like pointing up at the sky. Yes, without a body, I do hope that he has not found himself on the other side of the veil. And while I say mourn, I do mean more remember his memory. I find that it was over bad. The past he didn't couple... remember shit. <laughs> <laughs> over the past couple days, I've only been able to dwell on the loss of Groth. But I think that it would help if we maybe talk about some of the good. I mean, I, I didn't know him for long. But I could tell that he was very loyal. He never stopped loving those that he chose to love. Groth was indeed a very loyal friend and very kind at his heart. He... Uh, I'm sure that guy did a lot of shit in his life that I would have liked to know about, but from what I got to share with him, he will be missed. And she'll, like, kind of raise her glass to cheers him a little bit and toss it all the way back. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Let's pour one out for Groth. <laughs> into my mouth. Not in the bar, please. Outside. <laughs> <laughs> pour one out into my mouth. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now maybe brought into kind of hearing this conversation and being adjacent to it he like reaches under the counter and pulls out a bottle of like some old dwarven whiskey and sets it on the bar without really saying anything and walks back to the kitchen Yaron kind of smiles at that I think also I can't remember if I have given the mask to Frost or not. I think you showed him the mask. Showed him? Okay. I'd well, I think Star will actually pull it out at this point, too. And um, she will, you know, just take a look at it. She'll hold it in her hands, be a little sad. I think she'll pass it around to Bo and Kiaren. Um... And I mean, I, I don't know. So I can't remember Zane's character's name right now. Cinder. Cinder. And Cinder, if she wants to see it. Um, I don't think Cinder's there right now. Okay. Well, then why was she talking about not spilling shit in her uh, I guess I assumed that we were all at dinner, but. Nobody was actually doing that. <laughs> You're fine. Um, but I think if, uh, oh, Frost isn't probably here either, is he? I mean, I assumed we'd all sit down for dinner. Did you guys not come to dinner? Oh, Frost is out scouting. You're right. He hasn't come we, to yeah, dinner. I was going to ask if this was day two or day three. <laughs> we can make this easy and say this is on the last day. Before Time's fluid right now. Okay. Yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm good yeah. with that then. Okay. okay. So, yeah, scratch all that other shit. Uh, but I think Star passes it around to all of you. You know, she shares a few words of like just remembrance of him. Um, maybe chatting about some stories. And, uh, Towards the end of this, I think she puts it, like, firmly in Frost's hands. She's like, I... <sighs> to be honest with you, I don't want to give this to you, but... It's not because I don't think you should have it. It's because I'm selfish. And I miss my friend. But I think he would want you to have it. 
and I think that you should carry on his legacy. Because if he doesn't get carried on, I don't know what will happen to him. And I'm not quite ready to let go yet. So please, do with this what you will, but treat it with respect. And as you hand it to Frost, the moment your fingertip leaves, as if the last possible moment of touch, you get a flash of a scene somewhere. A mountaintop overlooking a sea of clouds, staring at the golden sun in a completely intact sky. And it is one hut with nothing else around it. And inside you hear, tink, tink, tink. And the memory vanishes. I think with that two stars, she'll kind of just whisper to everyone, or herself mostly, but you know, you guys can hear it. She's like, ah, something tells me he's happy where he is. To Groth's happiness. Yeah, and for the first time since you met Frost, you're going to see him actually fill a glass <laughs> and pound it. Bo is kind of quiet and like stiff, like still stubbornly wanting to believe that there's going to be a way or that he's not completely gone, even though you just kind of peeked into heaven or something. <laughs> but still. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you don't know that. I mean, truly, we don't. I wouldn't say we actually know. Yeah. yeah. Honestly, I mean, it's. I know. All the realms are fucked up now, and I know you know, but it's... I don't know. I don't think any of us really know. Yeah, I don't think... Other than God, but, you know. <laughs> I don't think Kiaren's Lord given up on Jesus. him. She just wants to believe that something happy has happened and that we will see him again. Right. Uh, I think Frost... What? Go ahead. I was going to say, I think Frost... Uh, kind of holding this mask in his hand and kind of reeling from his drink a little bit. Just going to look down at it. Say, I, uh, I appreciate it, Stutter. I'm sure that I don't deserve the honor of having this, but I swear an oath to you now. I will do everything. Ev <laughs> I'll do everything in my power to earn it. I'll protect you and your friends to the death. And I will finish what Groth was working on. I think Star, I and this might kind of shock you because you don't know her very well, but I think she'll pull you into a really tight hug. And uh, even if you're a little awkward about it, she'll still say, you don't have to be you don't have to fully fill his shoes. You will never have to do that, but... Oh, thank God. <laughs> they, they're very big. Very big shoes. I can fit my <laughs> whole body in them. Also, he never really wore shoes, so I don't, I don't know if he ever had them. I'm sure they'd be big, but... <laughs> but I do believe that you 
have what it takes to continue on for him. And uh, what a guy is all I can really say. I think that you and him would have been very good friends. Thank you. That means more than you could know. Now I may, <laughs> now I may have never met Kroth, but there may be a thing or two I can tell you about him. You ever heard of Black Pillar? Hmm. City built of logs, which would have ascended into the sky if not for the undead. I think he's going to fill up another drink and just kind of fill in details like of the history of Black Pillar, how it was made and like what what was going on there uh, that he might know from digging so deeply into Groth's life. Describe the relationship between him and Hogoth before Hogoth's death and uh, just fill out the rest of dinner with I don't know, just kind of narrating. Mm-hmm. Not as a friend, but as a... Somebody who does know Groth. You may not have met Groth in person, Frost. But... I appreciate... Your ability to... Help us dwell on him and remember him. He you was know my well. purpose. Like a disciple, kind of, of him. I think that... Sorry. Go, go ahead. I think he uh, would have liked you so much he would have come up with a pet name for you. Briefcase. (laughs) (laughs) I was going to say that one. (laughs) Bo is is being stubborn but knowing he's being stubborn and also needing like i guess physical creating physical distance between this and and by like you know um help like just grabbing empty dishes kind of resigning to the kitchen like actively listening but not but creating like physical distance and emotional distance from this and kind of wrapping up his potions and um and stuff I think Star will probably start grabbing dishes as well and helping you clean. And uh, I imagine, you know, while dishes are being washed and everything, she'll kind of come over and start, you know, helping. And she'll bump you with her shoulder a little bit and she'll be like, for what it's worth, I don't think he's entirely gone either. But Uh, can you ever really be in a world like this? I hope I'm never gone. I want my memory to live on through the years. And the only way that will happen is if we continue to talk about him, and me, and you, and this entire adventure. Maybe someday we'll be legendary. We'll see. I mean, we're already heroes of the mountain, so... (laughs) You got that one. You got a painting, that's a start. Even if it's a bad one. It's in the museum. (laughs) Well, perhaps they'll put a statu- put up statues of us someday in other places or more horrible paintings. Whatever. I'll take what I can get at this point. 
I guess I'm just not ready for all the in memory of. It doesn't feel like that to me. Star nods and I get that. And I think that you're valid to take your time and feel how you need to. But if you ever need someone to lean on or to listen to you, you know I'm always here. And I'm sure Kiaran wouldn't mind either. The three of us should really try to stick together as much as we can. You know, as much as we have our new members of the party, but... Uh, it's been... It's been a long road since the beginning. Well, and I know that you know this, but I think it's worth saying that even if I'm not there, and he, like, gestures at the di- the dinner table, I'm mm-hmm. here. So. Yeah. And I think with that, she just kind of quietly helps you finish up everything. And, uh, towards the end, she'll say, oh, you, uh, you wanted to chat with me about something, uh, after you gave me the necklace, which she's wearing now, and she pulls it up to show you. She's like, it is wonderful. Thank you for this bow. You're welcome. And I, I thought you'd like it. I definitely thought you'd like it. Um, I usually meditate before I go to bed. I thought that maybe you'd want to join me one time. Maybe more. Star would say, you know, (laughs) I actually had a dream about needing to do more of that, probably. Exactly. So I would love to join you. Uh, Forgive me, I may not be the best at it, because I've really never done it, but I'm hoping you'll at least uh, help me find the right way. Like anything, it just takes practice, and I think that you'll find that it helps you day to day. I know that it helps me. Well, I will follow in your lead until I can figure it out for my own. Thank you, Bo. You're welcome, and you're always welcome by my side, even if there is a silence between it, between us. And I think the last thing we see of this evening is a mirroring shot of Bo and Starlet sitting cross-legged across from each other. Just how Starlet's dream opened this episode. And I think we fade from there and jump forward to a few days later or whenever you guys are ready to leave. And we'll do some crafting checks and stuff off air. Mm-hmm. You gave me a little chill. You want another scene, Latara? Yeah, actually. <laughs> all right, all right. Okay, well, then I have to pee because I'm trying to wrap up this episode I gotta pee to too. pee. But, like, if it's I mean, go it doesn't on. have to be this episode just before we leave the mountain. Okay, that's fine. We're wrapping everything up this episode. <laughs> I also want to talk about Flit. <laughs> Bo's like, God damn it. Stop talking about people we've lost. We don't, have, we don't have time. <laughs> I feel like it needs to be sit down talks, not on the road. Yeah. Wait, okay. have you, is Cinder Perfect. gone the whole time? 
I think you don't see much of Cinder like throughout these couple of days. Oh, bummer. You should have known Zane's character. I just wanted Cinder to be there during this next conversation. They're trying to bond with you, Cinder. No, I just wanted to see what Cinder's reaction is, but she wouldn't wait for Cinder for the conversation. Who would? Huh? Who would? Kieran. Oh, yeah, right. Who would wait for Cinder? He's saying who in the general sense. Uh, So I guess I think as the night's kind of winding down and maybe people will come sit down again for a last drink, Kiaren says, uh, we are missing one other friend. Do you think he's still alive? Last we saw him was in the camp. Well, I for one don't think he's dead. I think he's too sly for that. What do you think, Bo? Nobody dies ever, because it will make me too sad. So he's fine. So says the death cleric. <laughs> yeah. Well, he's feeling sensitive lately. Yeah. I know he made his choice, but do we just let him go? I just hope he finds what he's looking for. He must have left for a good reason, even if he didn't communicate that. I'm sure you knew him better, but when I first met him, I mean, there was that one time at the very start where he kind of lost his anger at the creature. But besides that, he didn't seem as angry all the time. There was a lot of anger at the end. Maybe that's why he left. For as long as I've known Flint, which frankly hasn't been too long. I mean, it's been some time, of course, but he was always sort of headstrong and stubborn. But I guess i he did seem more angry towards the end, but it was rare that we had chances to sit down and chat with him anymore. Things were happening quickly. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. It just it felt out of character to me. Like I said, it wasn't long, but he seemed the type more to want others to think that he wasn't kind or wasn't there for them. But there were so many little things he did that spoke otherwise. He trained the rebels. He helped lift them up and think they could be better, just like you, Star. I could see it in them. He gave them hope. He helped break down my tent when I wasn't feeling well. He helped in the ritual. I don't think there was any benefit to him in that. He's been a hard one for me to read. I think Star is honestly a little angry with him for just leaving the way he did as well. Um, so I, I think it's a lot of 
Yeah, I don't know. I just don't know if Star is super ready to t talk about him too, too much either. I think you get the sense from Kiaran that she's just very confused. Like, she wants to think he was her friend, but she didn't know him long enough to be sure and doesn't want to let him go. For me, I have to trust he had good reason to do what he did and just hope that we'll cross paths again. I don't know what else to do. I think it might be also kind of understated too how much like a potential sacrifice Kiaran made for him when she killed that orc. Because I think to most people except for her, like Kiaran's the only one that would really be, would know that that like, like you're towing on like breaking your oath there, right? Yeah. And yeah. I don't know that she knows that others know <laughs> right. how hard that was for her. This, but, uh, yeah. this flint. It's a door, no? Yes. Yes. He's a, a hill dwarf, right? Yeah. She was asking, like, star and bow. Not I, using, I believe up. so. <laughs> okay, sorry. Cut this, Tanner, if no. you want. Uh, Zane, you were, you were going towards Grimhold, right? Yeah, that was the trajectory. Though I don't uh, necessarily know that. No. You could probably put it together. I mean, we can guess at it because of... Here, let me, was... let me, let me do my thing real quick. Yeah. No. I, uh... I can't say for sure, but... I did think it was odd, just north of Gravelot, that... I saw a pair of dwarven tracks and what I believe to be a pair of halfling tracks. Possibly a woman. They were both dwarf. Red Star is also They're both dwarf. dwarf. Yeah. They're both dwarf. Yeah. I saw... Some really small two, dwarf tracks. Two she sets was, of She's petite. a lady. She's feminine. <laughs> <laughs> I saw two sets of dwarven tracks heading out of the camp, and I don't think that happens often. You never did say, Frost. <laughs> How did you come to be tied up to Gr Brunhilda? I was... I, I, I've never been too good with rope. That she had a lot on her, and I, I tripped in it first, and then I kind of just, and then somebody whistled, and I, I don't know what happens, but it pulled tight around my hands, and where did you find there her? There we were. In the woods, she was next to a uh, what appeared to have been a small sleeping spot the night before. Well. All I can say is, you did seem to care a lot about Shadow, your guys' previous friend, as well as the Cinder, though I can't see why so far. Uh... <laughs> Taking some shrapnel, Cinder. Karen's not a fan. <laughs> no, sorry, I'm distracted. There's like a truck outside of my house, which like never happens. Oh, I thought that driveway. was comedic. Yeah, I thought that was in reaction yeah. to yeah. Oh, no, yeah. <laughs> That's funny. Uh, I guess I just hope that... I know you guys will never give up on your friends, the Shadow. Maybe you will see him. we will all see him again. 
If only so I can kick his ass one last time for leaving like that. <laughs> and she'll, you know, cheers one more time with her drink and say, Well, to our friends we've made and the ones we've lost, perhaps we'll see some of them again. And she'll clink with all of you. One last thing. I've been working on this. And she's going to pull out a roll of paper that's bound um, and give it to you and Bo and just be like, our travels have been quite dangerous and the loss of friends has had me thinking. I don't know what might happen. And if I something were to happen to me, these are my notes so far. I'm still working on some of subterranea if I'm not there may they help guide you in some way the direction you're going I thought you were about to give us your will <laughs> I was like what is happening <laughs> <Yeah>. right now <laughs> I'm going to it die kind of is. Clearly. it kind of is yeah, yeah. a little bit <laughs> but yeah if you glance at it it's notes on like dangerous creatures maybe thing like markings and stuff that might help you find your way to um, make a top, but that's cool. Kind of like a survival guide sort of thing. Yeah, yeah. that's pretty sick. Ned's declassified. Cool. <laughs> yep. yep. <laughs> Thank you, Kieran. This is will be really helpful in the days to come. But uh, I can't take any more loss. So uh, please don't die on us. I don't want to have to figure out how to bring you back so I can kick your ass for doing that too. <laughs> Never. Thank you. Okay, well, first of all, re-rolls all around, not you, Cinder. <laughs> oh, doing important clerical work. And I think this night ends with a scene that mirrors the one we saw in the beginning. Starlit Moonbow sitting cross-legged across from Bo, taking in a lesson in meditation. And the night fades away, and the morning comes. And your morning meal is interrupted with a knock on the door. Actually, let me retake that, because I don't think you'd knock. Why would yeah, you on knock? your own bar door. I'm very polite. <laughs> I don't want to interrupt you guys. I'm your hello, guys. I have an important mission. <laughs> <laughs> your morning meal is interrupted by Sinter. Running Cinder. through the door at top speed. Cinder. <laughs> it's all right, buddy. You'll get it. I think so. <laughs> Your morning meal is interrupted by Cinder rejoining you. I think she's... Look over, and she's clutching a very official-looking document sealed with wax. And she looks at all of you guys and says, All right. It's time. Are you all ready? Star was like, Yeah, but I didn't I didn't know we were waiting for someone to tell us we could go. <laughs> <laughs> and a new adventure awaits in Subterranea. Tune in next week to see how it begins.
There's a diesel truck trying to intermittently park in my front yard, apparently, and there's also a frog outside. I my hear it. I heard the frog. So good luck editing this one. Thanks, I, I heard also, the frogs slightly. They're back right now. The number yeah. of lines that I whiffed in that episode for some reason was just fucking. Dude, me too. I, I don't know why, like, the sentences that I was trying to say in that accent just did not want to roll off my tongue. I had to think about every single one. There's definitely <laughs> stuff like that, too, with, like, Flint's Scottish accent that just, like, I was wrestling with. There's certain yeah. words like, yeah, right. that don't work. <laughs> the frog. That frog is going nuts. <laughs> I, I <laughs> love... Just just keep your recording on. I only want to hear the frog, please. Mm -hmm. Right. <laughs> all right, everybody Girl, find it, I'll, mi I'll mic it for you. Thank you. Mic it up. <laughs> Somebody get that man a mic. Yep. Thank you for listening to the Reroll Podcast. The world of Rel and all characters within are copyright and fictitious. Any similarities to persons, living or dead, or actual events are purely coincidental. Reroll Gaming uses trademarks and or copyrights owned by Paizo Inc. Used under Paizo's community use policy, we are expressly prohibited from charging you to use or access this content. Reroll Gaming is not published, endorsed, or specifically approved by Paizo. For more information about Paizo Inc. and Paizo products, visit paizo.com. Want to follow us on social media, listen to another episode, or send us hate mail? Check out our link tree for all our info. You can find that link in the episode description. Big thanks to Tabletop Audio for producing quality RPG music and ambiance that we can use in our games. The reroll main theme and all character themes are copyright Zingaring. The Chronicles of Rail theme and Frequency theme are copyright Tanner Prentice. Please consider donating to our Patreon or Ko-fi if you liked our content. We are hell-bent on making more, and with your support, we can make a lot more. And leave us a review wherever you heard this episode. New episodes every Monday at 12 a.m. Pacific Standard Time. See you then.